Welcome down to this week's episode, episode 154 of Hey Talks Golf. And we couldn't be here if we weren't powered by 4Golf Custom. That's 4Golf.ie from Derek and Don and Christine and Jill helping me put this show out every week. If you're looking for a tour level custom fitting experience and custom zero tolerance built clubs, then 4Golf Custom is for you. Golfers from up and down the country get fit there. Take it from me, but also take it from the moose, Mr. Power, from the fairways of the PGA Tour. Hey, I'm Seamus Power on the PGA Tour. If you're looking for the best golf club reviews out there on YouTube, just check out the guys at 4Golf Custom. They've custom fit my golf clubs for years, and they're the best in the business. And actually, yes, go check out the 4Golf Custom YouTube channel, the most in-depth, feature-heavy, who are these golf clubs for YouTube channel around. So the link to Forgolf to book your custom fitting and also the link to their YouTube channel will be in the show notes below. But this week's episode is about Barry Fenley and the Paddy Harrington Golf Scholarship Chief Cook and Bottle Washer, um, the director of the whole program, the manager of the scholarship. He's there, well, he's there since day dot, since day one. He was one of the first recruits on the scholarship itself and now he's in as the full director and development officer for the program so guiding our elite amateurs who are on the program through their developmental years and getting them on tour or getting them into the golf industry um always a very interesting conversation when you're talking scholarships as you know stateside there's a lot of rules but over here just talk to barry roll it there Colette. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Where's Joe Bradley? What did he get at? Donald Donovan is the last quarterback. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. It's all on this. Round and over. Oh, what a finish. Well, here it comes. Oh, wow. In your life, have you seen anything? Barry Fenley, are you ready to tee it up? Absolutely. Let's go. I think it was maybe um, about 120 episodes ago we sat down. But that was on the 19th of February 2020. And then a month later, the country went to hard lockdown and everything we talked about didn't come to fruition. So I didn't put it out because none of it was applicable. So we're here now. I'll forgive you, Paddy. I'll forgive you. That's okay. We talked about... Arnold Palmer and the Hinch, and we talked about this person, that person, and this event and that event, and then steadily over the next week or two, everything got cancelled. That's it. Up. That's it. Um, Barry Fenley, what is your earliest memory in golf? Oh, that's a great one. Um, I think that's a new question. I mightn't have asked that like three years ago. <laughs> yeah, my brother, my brother got me into the game, Paddy, and uh, we grew up playing in in Clontarf Golf Club where. Royal Donny Kearney, as it's known, um, great place to learn the game. So close to the city. We grew up north side of Dublin. So my brother was, uh, I give him credit, quite a, a talented golfer, quite talented sportsman. So he he kind of got me in it, into it. And uh, my earliest memory was, you know, kind of bagging for him in front of and then um, getting my own sticks when I was about 14, maybe. Um, just starting secondary school and... I remember crying coming off the course a few times because he was quite uh, quite strict with me and uh, in terms of competitive, uh, competitive. But in fairness to him, you know, he he was he he taught me the ropes and gave me some really good fundamentals and 
taught me to respect the game. So for that, I'm, I'm grateful. 100%. It's actually something um, I'm going to do a bit of content around if you follow me on the grammar or whatever. This show is about you, though, not about me. But it is around like people get into golf and the transition from like range to course. And I always use my neighbor here. He doesn't listen to the show, hopefully. But I always use him as the, the case study in terms of like he doesn't want to go to a golf course because he, he's like, I'll probably st- wear the wrong thing, stand in the wrong place. And that's when I started yeah. golf in the hinge, like you were saying there, 11, 12 years of age. If you're right-handed, you stand here in the tee box. If you're on the green, this is where you leave the bags on the way to the next tee. You know, etiquette, your lines. Through, I learned about through lines like four years ago. Well, I'm still learning. Like I was asked by, by a yank, can you come off my through line there? I said, well, I don't, I don't assume to miss putts, but sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, where, what, what part of Dublin did you grow up? North Dublin's small, like. Yeah, group in Rahini. People in it now. Group, group in Rahini, yeah. Um, a great place to grow up at the St. Anne's Park across the road from me at St. Paul's School. Like, I could literally fall out of bed and be in school. I got, so I'd seafront, I'd golf courses, I'd everything at my disposal, um, which was a great place. And uh, yeah, I started off playing all sorts of sports, as, as most guys do. And um, it was really only as I got to maybe 15, I'd say 16, that golf was really taking, uh, taking priority. So I'd, I kind of took to the game quite quick and Frontarf was just great for me personally. Um, you know, brilliant club, brilliant junior section, great social aspect. And again, back to what you're talking about there, Paddy, like there was a great uh, welcome and, uh, you know, facility for juniors. They made, they were made, they were integrated into the club down there and, um, you know, coming from probably a GA background, um, I loved it. I loved it. You came in, um, you played your golf, had a bit of fun, came in, had your basket of chips and a bit of crack with the lads. And now I think we can do better. And hopefully in golf generally, I think we're working hard on that area, it seems. So hopefully that will bring more people to the game, you know. No, 100%. Uh, who was I on to? I forget who I was on to now. Um, but yeah, places like Tralee, Waterville, Ballybunion, for example, they've seen it like marquee courses and all the tourists play them. I played them like at the end of COVID there, the end of last year. And maybe it was coincidence, but when I finished my round, it was like five, six o'clock. Each one of them had the juniors out. And I'd play them like on different, I'd play them like on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. And they all had the juniors out. And there was like, I think in Tralee, they have like 60 juniors and they take them from eight or something mad like that. Mad, uh-huh. like, because before it used to be 10 or 12 and the same when we went to Ballybunion, the same when we went to Waterford, they were all out. And to be and like 80% regards was fantastic to see um, because that seems to be a stigma as well that I think Golf Ireland has helped a lot, but uh, we won't blow too much smoke over in that direction just yet. But they are doing a good job with the, the get into golf and uh, yeah. golf for all those things no one's perfect i think, I think I, sorry go ahead yeah go ahead you think what <laughs> i think what you said there is we're, we're 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 certainly in a place where we know what we need to do better you know and obviously the the whole stigma maybe of oh, i don't want to put a foot wrong in a golf club and drive into the wrong parking spot or wear the wrong clothes and all this kind of stuff um you know i think i think we're well aware that we need to you know, work hard and the governing bodies are doing a, a 
they're they're certainly identifying those areas. So, you know, I think going forward, um, you know, hopefully we'll get more kids in the game. I mean, we're we're competing against obviously the other sports. That's another thing. Like people forget we're competing against the rugby, the soccer, the GAA. I mean, it's they're good at a grassroots. You know, we'll, we'll probably never compete with them. Under sixes, I'm sure. Uh... Clontarf rugby team have an under sixes and an under eights. Absolutely. You know? I yeah. know they do. <laughs> it was Charlene Reed at Royal Portrush, and she does a load of junior work up there, and they have pathways. So if you're under eights, under tens, you know, and they have different structures for different age groups and abilities. That's why it's called Pathways to Golf, not like a blanket junior program. Yeah. But yeah, that's constantly on the move. So I do have notes, believe it or not. Contrary to like three years ago, I do popped on the odd note now and then. But on the contrary, what's the retaining memory from growing up in your teenage years? From from playing golf down there? From any, from it could be golf, could be mm-hmm. a horrific hurling injury, whatever is like, oh yeah, that was, that's, that's, that's my teenage years personified. Um, I, I, I don't like blowing my trumpet now, but I, I won the Lord Mayor's Cup at 14. This podcast is where you take off the modesty hat, right? So <laughs> lay it on thick. What, make, what makes this better is to be my older brother, who's three and a half years older than me. So that was that was a massive memory. And uh, that was really kind of, oh, hold on a sec, this golf business, I can, I can do damage at this level. So that was Lord Mayor's Cup, which is a big deal. It's a at that time, it was a junior match play competition. Still is kind of four to maybe three to nine handicap, and uh, gets entry small over all over the Dublin Leinster area. So I won that at fourteen. I was the youngest ever winner and beat my bro in the final. So that was a a great memory I have. Oh, what a scalp! But that's uh, what I should say. Didn't talk to me for a good while after that. But um, yeah, no, that that was brilliant. And then I went to St Paul's School. And played a bit of rugby there, loved that. But also, as golf got more serious, we had a really good golf team in the school. We won some All-Irelands there. So, you know, looking back, some great memories there with guys like Niall Kearney, who went to school with, who's now a turf pro, and um, you know, guys like Gary McGrain. Um, and uh, guys who were just became really good players. So, those were great, great times. The Paddy Harrington Golf Scholarship. I believe you were the first, one of the first people on it. Yourself and my partner in crime on occasion, Keelan McDonough. Yeah, yeah, we were. We were part of the first uh, cohort. It really got off the ground in 06. There was maybe only two lads. Uh, Bernard Quigley actually was one of the first guys to get uh, to get a scholarship uh, when we kind of launched it. But it really got going in 07. That's when myself and Keelan came in and, and a whole platter of us um brendan walton um on the girls side we would have had quite a lot of girls um and mccormick is now obviously working in golf ireland um aideen murphy we probably had five or six girls who were at an international standard and um yeah so that was when that was when it kicked off for me my my journey into uh into minute 06 07 what were the options then if you were a uh decent golfer maybe representing a panel or representing Ireland yeah what were the options when it came to scholarships back then sure well I, I finished school in 06 and I went I took a, a scholarship to to Texas went to uh, junior college in West Texas and at that time buddy 
there was nothing really at home. Um, the the minute program had just started, but really wasn't you know I wasn't wasn't really up and running yet. But um, UCD at the time would have had good golfers. To be fair, they would have won some senior cups and Barton Shields, and they would have would have had a decent golf team. You know, in fairness, some really good players, internationals. But lantern John Green, uh, John here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, John would have. John would have. He would have been around my time. But even before, before that, like looking at my options in 06, let's say, um, you had to be uh, pretty much an international to get a, a scholarship. And I, I would have said UCD at the time. And the Maynooth program was only really happening. So for me, you know, America was was there, and um, you know, I enjoyed my my year. I done a year in, in a junior college, which was which was brilliant. But. Um, when it really got going in 07 and, uh, you know, with a strong core of players come in who I would have grown up playing with on Leinster teams and Irish squads and stuff, um, you know, and it made me kind of come back and say, hold on a sec, this is, this Paddy Harrington scholarship has got, it's got something really unique. So oh, I'm glad I did because it, it was a great four years for me as a, as a player. And uh, the reason I asked that question is because, um, since we'd asked about this a couple more years tacked on, uh, 11 and a half years looking after the program. So basically, once, once you finished it, you kind of went in and says, I'll take that now and I'll lead it. Is this or you were approached? <laughs> uh, when was it? Oh, oh, 2010. Yeah, I, fin- I finished my degree in 2010 and then I did a master's in 2011. So that was my fourth year. And at that time, I was um, the, the captain of the team. And I suppose to answer your question, I'd kind of taken a leadership role as a student and working with, um, would have been Bob Joyce. Bob was started the program. He was his real, his vision to start the program. So I would have been working with Bob obviously as a student to kind of, I suppose, put together the structure, help, you know, everything run as, as best it could. I was liaison with, um, the coaches at the time would have Neil Manship, Dave Carney at the time. So effectively I was playing that role as a student and luckily for me, when I finished the university really wanted to make it um, a full-time gig. So I was lucky to be in the, the right place, the right time, I suppose. hundred percent. And I suppose I definitely look at it from the outside in, in terms of I, I follow the right feeds or I follow the right people who are sharing information um, in terms of the range of tournaments that the scholarship members are involved in. It's, like, how do they even have time for college? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, 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 it hasn't always been like, like this. I mean, we're, you know, when we met pre COVID, like that, the RNA student tour was really only getting gone. So that was the first year of it, I think. That was the first might year. Been, yeah. Might, yeah. It would have been. And, and, uh, again, I think at that stage, we might have just been back from the Portugal event and we were getting ready for, um, or the Spanish event, maybe I can't remember. But anyway, um, it's just grown. I mean, the the tour series has been a massive addition, Paddy, because going back, you know, even back to, you know, I suppose just trying to think like Gary Hurley would have finished 2015. And then we had a couple of, you know, some really good players come and, and, and progress, guys like Stuart Gren, Robin Dawson, Rona Blarney. And then we had some some really good girls as well, like Shannon Burke and Sinead Sex. And so when when we go back to those times, we didn't have a whole lot of competition. We 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 traveled to the UK 
um, and we played in, in what's called the books tour, the British universities circuit, and that that was that was great for us because we we get to to play against you know all the the, the top teams in the UK. But it's really gone full circle now. So we've got you know a European wide tour, five events. Um, you know, are on pretty much all European tour courses, proper venues, well-run events. Um, in addition to that, Golf Ireland won the Varsity Championship, which is always a great event in October. And then, you know, we have events in the States that we go to. I'm always looking to try and spread our wings over there too. And then again, the guys will, will be able, because we're not confined to college events, Paddy, the guys can, can tap into the amateur circuit, right? So, you know, they get, in my mind, they get the best of both worlds because they can, they can play everything we can offer from a college point of view. And then, you know, we'll support them to, to play some of the big amateur stuff fairly in the year. So Portuguese, Spanish, um, you know, guys now are getting ready for, obviously we've got the RNA tour finals coming up first week in April. Then they're playing the West and they're back. Then a lot of them are going to Lidham Trophy. Some of our girls are getting ready for, the Scottish women's stroke play. So like where before you might be struggling to get four or five college events plus amateur tournaments. Now, most of them are playing eight between eight and 10 tournaments from September to April, you know, which is great. That's fantastic. And one tournament we spoke at last time, which actually has been pushed to next year, um, is the Arnold Palmer invitation. And the reason my eyes are looking this way, uh, so this is why it's not a video podcast because then like people listening uh, don't see how, how much I get distracted. Al Power Cup, and I was looking through the alumni and like Graham McDowell's up there and um, Alex Noren is up there and Alex is Patrick and I can't scroll fast enough. But there's a certain um, Barry Fenley is on the all-time alumni of the Al Power <laughs> Invitational, however he got there. Um, how big is that tournament on the amateur scene? I like it's for 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 a college player it's the it's the pinnacle of of college golf really so and it's, again it's it's grown it's grown massively uh paddy even since my time here so um traditionally would have been the top i'm gonna say 10 maybe eight or 10 best european college players against um their american counterparts um and it's always been an annual event so it, it would have been you know, rotated and generally being GB and I in the early days, but um, it's now grown to a, a huge level. Um, it's now including obviously, including went in, in 2018, it went international, so USA versus the rest of the world. The girls were added into it, which has given it massive dynamic and made it really unique. I don't think there's anything like it in golf. Um, you have 12 guys, 12 girls in the one team, and we we play, you know, mixed four ball, mixed foursomes. Um, and uh, it's really good. Then the singles, girls play girls, guys play guys. Really unique format. So it's it's got it's got to a huge level. Um, obviously, with the legacy of the, the king himself, Mister Palmer, it's it's obviously means probably you know, has has a lot of legacy to it. And uh, Rolex are heavily involved in it. The RNA are involved in it. A lot of the governing bodies. So it's it's gone it's gone to a, a really um, really big level, which is great. No, absolutely. And I suppose the reason I bring it up is because it's generally like the, the international team, the minute scholars make up make up a couple of those places. Bear in mind like it's it's international. So it includes all yeah. all the expats who've gone to American colleges or Italians and, and all those sure. other programs. You know, like I know that the Danes, the Scan the Scandinavians, Italy are all got massive money 
and support behind their um, golf programs. France are head to toe Lacoste, but I don't know if they're any good. Um, Bryson, Keelan, uh, Charles Howell III, uh, Chloe Ryan. So it goes on and it's worked five minutes of someone's time to figure out because it's in Ireland. Yeah. Here's the reason I'm leaning into it a little bit. And it's at my home club. So I'm definitely leaning into it. And one of my goals is to fit into the Arnold Palmer Puma clothes I bought in 2020. <laughs> so where did the event? And I still do, just about. So we're, we're not doing too bad. Um, what is your title on LinkedIn? Because I'll have to check that up. I'm not a man, a man to, to be on LinkedIn regularly, but uh, I think. So, like, I, what's the official? What's the official title? So, like, I, we kind of glossed over because we know each other a little bit. So, like, what's the, what's the, what's the title on the on the little uh, name thing on your desk there? Yeah, I, I think my official title here in the university will be manager of the Paddy Harrington Golf Scholarship Program. Yeah, so that's my uh, that's my official title. Um, okay, but um, give me what a week looks like. What does this week look like? Like, what are your to dos? How many strings are on the ball? Sure. Um, this week, um, quite a lot of operations going on at the moment. So we're we're uh, trying to get our preparation right for upcoming trip to St Andrews, and a, we have a big links golf course swing right now. So. Um, basically, trying to we're trying to work out how how we can best prepare as, as a group of a group of players, both coaches and players. So, you know, we're we're basically just trying to get the guys to get as much links uh, golf under our belt. So basically, I'm trying to facilitate that by showing them what we kind of expect in terms of hours, holes played. Um, uh, that's something we've we've kind of started to do, which has paid off a little bit this side of Christmas. Is just give the players a little bit more um, competitive practice stuff to be doing. Give them more account, make them more accountable to the work they need to be putting in. Um, so, kind of planning that, planning the trip itself to St Andrews. Um, looks like we have probably ten or twelve going. Um, so that will fall on my shoulders in terms of you know the logistics, where we're staying, flights, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I suppose then scheduling, you know, we'll kind of as as the schedule kicks off, it's kind of just checking in a little bit with the players again. Uh, I mentioned a few of them are getting ready for obviously the west of Ireland, and then onto the guys anyway. Lidham Trophy and um, some of our girls will will start playing some international events. So. Quite a bit of operations at the moment, Paddy, uh, as well as just the day-to-day management of of what's what's happening in the training program. You know, hundred percent. I'm scrolling through the the program details here. So, if you're on the schedule, it's ten hours training per week, so various different types of coaching, uh, from lessons to I know that is a Robbie Cannon is involved from yep. an SNC perspective. Yeah, uh, Neil Banship is involved. Uh, and there's 12 hours of coaching on top of that. So that's that's half a work week per person. If you break it down yeah. to if everyone's doing like 40 hours, which isn't me. So I suppose is there's different levels of scholarship. So like for anyone listening who's like 14, 15 yeah. is on is on a regional panel or is striving to be, because a lot of the people on the team now 
on the Ireland team or on the scholarship. Now, mightn't have even looked at it two years ago, such as being their development. I know there's a couple there in, in that boat. Sure. So if if you had like a trade show and it's, you know, handicaps of four or less uh, of, of people who'd like to come to the college, what do you say to them? Yeah, well, first, you just back back to that um, kind of what's in what's in it as such. Um, you're right about a uh, ballpark, about 10 to 12 hours of structured training. So training could be your S&C with Robbie, uh, which is typically typically two. To, well, it's, it's, it's he's he's here twice a week, um, does does two hours with the guys. Um, in the gym and then they have their own program. So typically they, they, they're, they're supposed to be doing at least three hours minimum a week. Um, we play every week typically as a group, you know, um, as part of our own golf for the year. So that's, you know, again, winter time, we're not going to get light and everything might get 18 in, but this, this time of year we would. Um, and then there's coaching. The coaching, as you, as you read out there, will be quite a lot of hours, but it's, it's periodized, Paddy. So it's, it's really depends on the time of year. So when, yeah, when per I, month, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so I mean, typically we do the physical stuff Monday to Wednesday, and then we we train, get coaching, or play competitively Thursday, Fridays. So that's typically how the week works. Um, but yeah, just in, for anyone listening in, like we 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 have a, I suppose. We have a two-tier system currently, which basically is made up of a, a scholarship squad and a development squad. Um, basically, um, the scholarship squad guys get pretty much the full program support um, plus some financial assistance. Um, and the development guys come in just below that. They don't get all the supports, don't get the full access to the program. They'll get some. And it's basically a acts as a, a feeder into the scholarship squad if, if you will and then we do we do have tiers of of scholarship awards um so we we kind of have a, a top award basically called the platinum scholarship so that's geared at a at a top international player at underage or if they're coming in a bit older um and that's where we would that's our top offer which would be trying to trying to cover some of their costs to be here mostly accommodation uh, again, we're open to postgrads as well, so that's that's been a new area in the last couple of years that have been more interest. Um, so we'll try. How and many? How them. many years was Keelan Raffley on the course? He was like the Van Wilder of the Minute program, wasn't he? Was he there like eleven years? Or I know Keelan only did Keelan did three year degree. He only did three. Only. Three. Oh, he did a lot of work. He did a lot. He did a lot of performing. Then I was thinking, geez, he's here like the Van Wilder of the Minute program. Yeah, We've had some guys in here like Ronan Mullarney would have done five years with us. Ronan would have been a good example there. He done three year three year business degree, then went to a part time masters, um, which was split over two years, and that really worked well for him because he could pretty much play a full schedule with with GUI at the time and travel and juggle his studies. Um, so so anyway, yeah. So platinum is geared at a at a top international player. And uh, we have a criteria for that. And um, then it's 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 next next level would be gold. Gold would still be a place on the scholarship, but may not get as much financial direct support. And then, as I say, the development squad guys come in and what's called the silver. So that's been the situation for a while. But, you know, we're, we're actually reviewing that at the moment, um, trying to just make it a little bit more streamlined because we're getting lots and lots of golfers coming to Minute, which is Fantastic. You were aspiring to get on the program, Paddy. And um, you know, it's great. They knocked down my door looking for for some support and get access to the academy or carton. So, you know, we're really working to try and create a bit more of a 
uh, you know, we have a golf club in the university here, but just there's, there's been so many, um, so much interest, which is fantastic from my point of view that we're, we're trying to set up a better membership structure for them, that they've got access to a club, they've got access to a bit of coaching. Um, and again, you never know, there's guys who've come in to the club and you're really, really impressed and come on the program. So, so that's always a, an option too. Someone I spoke to, he um, was Liam Nolan. Yeah. He plays for Ireland, but like massive homebird, like barely leaves Galway, I'd say, let alone to play the championships, let alone represent Ireland internationally. Now, that's a joke, obviously, but I asked earlier, what were your options in 06, 07? So the options now are starkly different. And you've, mm. uh, the exchange of information and communication is, milliseconds with social media and there's precedence in pop golfers going to the states loving it and staying there but then also like falling off the wagon there's an element to that yep so for people who are gold platinum thinking about it mm. ireland or abroad mm. uh, what what's the pitch the elevator pitch to, to those girls and boys and like no stay in minute because Stay in because I'd like to say, and I, I think it's fair to say, like I, I, I would be asking those guys to look at our track record over the last number of years and, and the facts of the players that have come here. I think I get this asked a lot is like, you know, what's the differentiating factor? And I think the, the most satisfying and proudest thing for all of us here uh, and the team working with the players is that any, any player who has come to us, Paddy, has generally got better uh, and, and improved a lot and, and achieved some success with their golf in the three or four years they've been here. And I think that's, I think that's a great measure of our success. But if you look at the facts, um, you know, I would, I would say, listen, look, look closely at the players who have come through the university here through the, the Harrington program, look at the success they have got. But obviously it's easy to talk about the guys like, you know, Gary Hurley, for example, Gary's had a tremendous amateur career play Walker Cup, you know, so happy for him to get his, his card this year and he's worked so hard to get there. But look at the guys below Gary as well, who've, you know, maybe not maybe not have as much of a high profile coming in or a track record, but they've they've gone on to maybe win a championship um, or gone on to maybe play provincial golf or go play in Homes Nationals. So, you know, I think our track record is is of developing players and improving them um, to go on and represent Ireland is, is is really second to none. And that's what I would say. I'd say, look, look, look at the players who've gone to America. Um, you know, it's a totally different model, but um, how many of them have actually really come back uh, as better players. And, um, you know, we, you know, there is, there is, there is some that have done really well out of it, but there's a lot that, that haven't. So, um, you know, I think our, our philosophy here is a lot more around, you know, developing the player as an individual and putting the right people around them. Um, and I, and I rely massively on my coaching team here from the golf coaches to uh, S and C to sports psych nutrition, um, to make sure that we're working on the right things and that we're putting the right supports in place because over time they, if they do the right things, they're going to get better. And, uh, you know, so very much an approach of the individual um, and put the right supports um, versus America, which is very much about the team, Paddy. So it's all about the team. 
and that creates a very competitive environment um and having experienced that myself it's it's great to to get stuck in you're always qualifying for your spot but uh it's it's not conducive to um developing players uh from a coaching standpoint over time so you know life is great i would say and from my own experience life was great when you're playing in the team and coach was giving you the time of day and you were playing um playing good stuff but when you weren't playing great you know it was really up to yourself and uh that that's i think i think players have struggled with that but um so anyway to answer your question i think uh our track record's been very strong. And I was just looking back there, um, just purely on ranking, like since 20, I'll give you a nice fact here, Paddy. I think um, since, I'm going to say, um, for the kind of six-year period from, say, 2012 to 2018, we had five players get into the top 50 of the World Amateur Golf Rankings. Um and it was only really when I kind of dived into that, um, you know, you kind of look at it now and go, oh, that's a pretty impressive statistic. So basically we had... We'd Very follow. impressive. Because you look yeah. at, you look because at these guys, the trees over there, Wake Forest or Arizona, and they'd have a player. Yeah, like... Maybe. You know. So that, I mean, and that's a credit to, to be honest, like it's, you know, the players that came through, all juice to them. I mean, they put in the work, they developed, they, they really got the most out of what we could offer. And they also were able to tap into what Golf Ireland, the GUI, ILG at the time were able to give them. So they were able to combine our program with, with the national setup and that worked very well. But those five individuals, starting with probably Gary, would have got to maybe, I'm going to say, top 25 in the world, followed by, let's say, Stuart and Robin. Uh, Stuart was up there, top 20. Robin got to maybe sixth at one point. And then you would have had behind him um, Rona Malarney, um, sorry, Keelan, Keelan Rafferty. I'm just thinking years here, and then Ronan. So that's six. Sorry, that's six in the top fifty. Yeah, because Keelan got to twenty fourth or something, and he was yeah, twenty. Yeah. And it was middle of COVID. He was at twenty fourth and didn't get picked for the Walker Cup. That's right. He was nearly automatically on the on the team. Yeah, if you looked at ranking wise, it was if Walker Cup was done the same as Ryder Cup wise, he'd have been in no matter what the level of play was. Yeah. He'd gone out and won a couple of regionals anyway in the events, but anyway, but yeah. That's right. So now that's 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 a I mean it's hard to argue with that. I think that was a golden period and in, in you know, those players really had great amateur careers. And and I think what they, those players did very well was performance-wise, they they were able to work really well in the preseason with ourselves, get ready for the season. And again, this comes back to the the difference, like we're we want the players to play well in the tour series, of course, that's our priority at the moment um, and, and have success for the university. But ultimately, we're trying to get them ready for the big major amateur events in the summertime. And, and you know, everything's building to that. So particularly with those players I mentioned, they would have done really, really well in our big amateur majors from starting with, you know, even Portuguese, Spanish amateur uh, Lidham Trophy, um, you know, St. Andrew's Link. The St. British Andrew's Trophy. Trophy, yeah. All those big events, um, European amateur. And even, I'll go back before before those guys, we, we probably had, we had Daniel McVeigh here, actually. Daniel was a fantastic player. Was here. My I work with Daniel now. In the day right. job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Daniel cleaned up, cleaned up an amateur day. Still, still cleaning up. Don't bet money. And if you see Daniel on the tee, do put your wallet hide it. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, there's another player who definitely, definitely would have been up there in the ranking. So, so that that's that's a testament to to and validation that we're we're doing something right. 
Um, but again, again, I'll add to that in that the, the Wagger system is so complicated, Paddy, as you know, and it's actually changed since since then. It's 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 gone to this new power method, and I think collectively this side of the pond, we're all struggling a little bit in the sense the events aren't as high category as they were. Um, it's a little bit more biased to America, so um, and that is that is a challenge. Um, that is a challenge, you know. As I say, at work, that's far above my pay grade uh, <laughs> to start. Um, something I want to touch on is access in terms of t- two ways is if I'm 17, I play for Ireland or I'm off plus three, which there is like 200 plus golfers between plus one and plus three right now. That was going to the West. It was like yeah. 192 people in that, in that bracket. Don't know their ages, but I want to go to, want to get a scholarship. Um, in terms of if I'm going stateside, my access is exceptionally limited based on my age and based on, to my knowledge, from speaking to different coaches over there, based on my age. So I have to be 18, I think, or my final year of high school. Um, and I can't, I can contact the coach, but they can't text me back. There's back channeling. So it's very complicated until you're in the right stage of the process. What's access like to Maynooth for anyone within the similar bracket, handicap-wise, age-wise, in terms of getting in touch and finding out more or visiting? Yeah, so we well, it's chalk and cheese, really. So America, as you know, it's, it's, it's highly regulated by the NCAA, um, and they're very strict on, you know, you have to be a certain age to, to communicate with the coach, and um, there's a whole load of things. It is quite complex, um, but... Um, thankfully, we have a very simple, uh, simple operation in the sense that, firstly, they can, players can come and visit anytime. There's no restriction on that. Absolutely not. Um, and, 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 and I go so far as saying that you know, if someone's really keen to come, and you know we're keen on them. You know, we'll, I, I, I'll, I'll do my best to maybe involve them in, in, in a day out or a session that we have, so that they can really get a hands-on feel for what we do and. At the end of the day, it's it's you know I just want them to make the best decision for them. So, you know, I've I've done that before where player really really is keen and you know you know there's only as you know there's only so much you can do on a visit or a call or whatever. And I just say, listen, you know, if you really want to come, we have an open day by the way. But just going further again, it's you know come come down and take you know take part in a session, see what we're doing, see see what you think of it, meet the coaches. But um, I have an open day uh, every November. Um, and uh, kind of it's it, it rolls out a day in the life of a scholar so we, we actually get them in quite early parents love me for that um, we kind of put them through a bit of a gym session and um, then they there's open day talks so they go to they go to the open day talks and I guide them through that and then after I have some activities organized so usually a speaker coach from the program myself I will usually bring in an ex-player and that's that's always a highlight for them. So last year I had Ronan Malarney and uh, I've had some of our graduates over the years, Paddy, and it's really, really, really valuable for those looking in who are young, 17, 18, particularly to get to listen to uh, a graduate and their experience. So that that's that's always a nice one. Um, but we're not restricted to emails or calls or any of that stuff. Um, you also mentioned about age limit. They're technically... Technically, is no age limit. Um, um, there, there is with regard to possibly a playing on the Palmer Cup. I'd have to check that. Um, but certainly, 
in terms of being eligible for the scholarship here, once you're um, matriculated as a fully registered student, um, you can apply postgrads. So we do take postgrads um, to play for the university team in the tour series. You just have to be a fully registered student. There's, there's no age limit on it. So there is quite a lot more flexibility um, than, than there would be in the States. Not deadly. Something I'd like to finish on is, I suppose, what you want to do with the program. When you, when you get a chance to, and I say this during the day job, to take a step back from the day-to-day -day and you get to do like a self-audit or an overview of the business or the operation or the, the program, the scholarship, what are things that you'd like to develop or build out in the next, mm. what's the five-year plan, Barry? Yeah. Well, in the short term, Paddy, we're, we're trying to work on a proposal here to have a to try and get a, our own setup on the campus here. We've no golf facility on the campus here in Maynooth. Um, we're very fortunate. We have a great partnership with the Academy and Carton and Carton House itself and some other golf clubs um, that we have membership at and they, they really make it. But ultimately, short term would be to, um, to have an indoor setup um that's something we're working on um right now um because that's also a big demand as you know i know you're a member of the hinch they have a fantastic facility down there i might have mentioned it once or twice you might you might have mentioned it yeah um so yeah i just you know and also competing with the states i mean a lot of colleges in the states um you know even the ones down south they all have indoor setups where guys can get some really really good work done and we know how good the technology is now. So that's something that that that's in the pipeline, hopefully. Um, and um, in addition to that, um, really trying to work hard to attract more girls to Maynooth. Um, it's been a challenge. Um, so, you know, we're looking at ways that we can do that. Um, it's always hard to, to attract some of the best Irish players here because they're, they're competing with America, as it is the guys, but um, the girls... Irish girls have had some success success in America that, um, you know, and it's been a while since, um, you know, we've had a, a group of girls come through and had a lot of success with some some good girls in the last few years um, and currently really working hard and getting better. But I think that opening up new new avenues, so for new, new talent to come in from Europe to the programme would be great to boost our, our girls. Um, and then get to America more, and that will that that's a that's a byproduct of getting a, a little bit more sponsorship um, um, for us and what we're trying to do here, and getting a an organisation or a body or an entity to buy into our our philosophy and help us to, to spread the wings and compete more in America. I think as a team, we'd like to to get over there and and, and play against some of the best teams. Um, we're, you know, we've certainly had some talent over the last few years, so that's that's those are. Those are three things that I'd like to um, get realize um, in the next few years, Paddy. Yeah, I actually wrote that down to chat after I stopped it and record. Was we need to chat about like US versus Ireland, get you to America more, and get them to come over for like the amateur prep. But anyway, yeah, um, you're, you're touching it, so it's fantastic you're thinking that way. And um, what about you, though? Right, these are the most important questions. We find out a bit about Barry. Um, that the scholars might slag you over the next couple of weeks, or not. They might like support you at. Uh, quick fire Q&A time, Mr. Fenley. You ready? Let's go. What would your walk-on song be? 
Oh, it would, it would have to be the Karate Kid. Um, the best around. What a song that 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 sticks with me um, as a as a young fella. Just that whole movie shares a massive life lesson. So that would be my that would have to be my walk on song. Certainly gonna get slagging over that. I don't know. You might get a few wax on wax off jokes in the next couple of weeks. Um, gym or pizza? Sorry, said it again. Gym or gym. pizza? Pizza. Oh, pizza, pizza. Yeah, absolutely. There's a good spot here in Nace. You'd have to come down, get some wood-fired plure into you. Um, hat visor or bucket hat or a Keelan Rafferty bucket hat, as I used to say. Have to choose one, yeah. Have to choose one. What's the What's the daily driver? Yeah, I'd go with bucket hat, I suppose. Check that skin. Happy Gilmore or Tin Cup? Tin Cup. Walk or cart? Walk. Golf hoodies, yes or no? Yes. Golf joggers, yes or no? No. Instagram or Twitter? Twitter. Play or practice? Play. Nice one. I'll give you the hypothetical one. I definitely didn't ask this question back in 2020. You're after a day. What day will we pick? We'll pick um, Minute Scholars have six of the team after the AP Invitational Hinge next year. And you're sitting down to dinner that evening or the, the day after for dinner with whatever six people you want. Three people down the left, three people down the right. Who is at Barry Fenley's handle at dinner? Six people in total. That's a big group. Yeah. Dead, alive, fictional. Uh, you can have Paddington Bear at it if you want. Well, to be fair, if, if this this is after the Palmer Cup now, we've had to have after, it. yeah. So you've had the celebrations with the team, you've had the celebrations with family, so all those bases have been covered the day before. Now this dinner is just for you and people you want at us who who didn't have dinner with last night. <laughs> oh, um, okay. Um, I'm gonna go with. I'd have to have Padraig there. I think that'll be. That'd be, it'd be remiss of me not to have a, uh, given that what we've achieved in Ireland. Um, I think, uh, I think I'd ask uh, Shane um, to be there. Um, crew playing with Shane, um, good guy, great guy. And um, I pick anyone I want. I have, have anyone go, you want. I have to go with Michael Jordan. What a man. What a man. Just don't make it personal. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is hard now. Another three to go. Um, Three good golfers down the left, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very golfy here. It just shows that this That's is... That's okay. This is very, a golf podcast. You're allowed very, to be. Very boring here, buddy. Um, I think... Uh, I'm just struggling here to think. Uh, I... I <laughs> I'd like edit out this bit. Don't worry. I edit out any any pauses so you can chill out. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking out loud here. Um, Who's the most crack you've had on the scholarship that you that you were on with, or you've had on since? Yeah, I'd probably I'd, uh, some of the lads that have that have been here over the years been been brilliant. Uh, guys like. My good friend Caelan would be good. He's always been there for us. And uh, you You'll know, probably so, tell that Dustin Johnson story again. 
anyway. absolutely we're sick of that one but um i'm struggling here i'm trying to think of a, an absolute golf character i mean listen Sebi Ballesteros, would you not like how could you not have him at a table? Um, you know, of course, I'm going to say Tiger as well. I was trying to see if I could edge him out of the, the room, but I probably can't. And um, he's on most people's table, to be fair. He is, he is. Um, and this is shocking because it's just all golf bar, bar, bar MJ. But um, final man or woman, um, I'm trying to think. Hmm. Trying to think of trying to think of another sport who I've kind of hmm, I'm struggling with this one, Paddy. I'm struggling. All right. You've time to find one more person from the back of that brain. <laughs> uh we'll go with Mi- Miguel Angel Imanes. What a what a character. Just I think having a few cigars with him and a beer, you know, that's only gonna be good crack. So uh, let's throw him in as well. Very friendly. Thank you for your time. Really insightful. Good to get into the the weeds a bit of what the scholarship and the program is all about and how it's no growing and your vision for the future. And yeah, I'll see you real soon. All right. No worries. We we didn't get to talk much about the Hinch and the out in the Palmer Cup, so I'm happy to give that. Little That's bit a more. podcast on its own. That's a podcast okay. on its own. Yeah, yeah. But thank Believe you. That. Believe that. Just throw. I just have to throw <laughs> it in there, buddy. You know, Thanks it's coming. It's coming it. soon. It's coming. Soon. <laughs> Thanks, Barry. Okay. Cheers, buddy. Take care. Barry, Barry Fenley, everyone, um, Chief Cook and Bottle Washer of the Paddy Harrington Scholarship in Maynooth University here in Maynooth County Kildare. He's only 20 minutes away from me, but it took nigh on two years to get back and re-edit or re-record that episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it gave anyone thinking about, you know, scholarships or moving to abroad to America. Get in touch with Barry. Ask him all the questions you need to. Um, and have a look at Maynooth. The, the standard there is phenomenal. You know, you've got plenty plenty of lads have turned pro out of there and, and ladies have turned pro out of there and as well you know notable winners of some incredible tournaments worldwide uh, named this you know St. Andrews Links Trophy has been won a couple of times by um, Maynooth alumni or indeed students at the time so I'm a big uh, supporter of staying local and, and if you believe Maynooth and the Paddy Scholarship is for you then you should definitely get in touch with Barry I'll have his um, the details in the show notes below as I know that they're doing some work on the website at the moment so if you enjoyed that episode please do leave a review and um, take a screenshot sticking up your instagram story or up on twitter uh, tag me in it at pay talks golf and we'll find someone to send something nice to in a nod of appreciation so i hope you did enjoy the episode please share the show with your family and friends it means a lot to me and um, we're racing towards 200 episodes that'd be nice um to get done by christmas wouldn't it 200 episodes um so yeah thank you all for pressing play as ever until we teed up again soon i'm patty <laughs>